0: Hey there Super Nintendo fans or Super Famicom fans, I am the Noswear Gamer, host of the Noswear Gamer on YouTube, your source for new reviews on old games, and I'm also the host of the Atari 7800
1: Game by Game podcast, along with my robotic announcer guy, Voice. And you are listening to the Super Nintendo Entertainment System podcast. Right
0: here on the Retro Junkies Network.
1: NES Podcast with your hosts, Soul Blazer and George. Hello everybody, welcome to the Super NES Podcast. This is one of your regular co Greg, and I'm joined by, by regular co-host George. That's me. As always, like who else would you be? A uh, guy with a tail. <laughs> That would be scary. That would be scary. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yes. Um, this is episode. That, uh, I was, so this is so. This episode. is episode number. Episode number forty-one. And once again, for listening pleasure, we are. Co- uh, we are once again delving into the realm of the Japanese only, uh, like only, like only, like only Super Famicom games. You're welcome. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, George has more history like of this game, but I do have some history like the franchise. Um, we're going to be looking at uh, one of the biggest games never to come over here to the States. Uh, the original Star Ocean, which was, t- 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 which was developed by TriAce and published by Enix back in 1996. Such a good name. Well, there's a reason the name was picked, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But, okay. um so, why don't you tell us, like, real quick, George, why you wanted to cover this game in the podcast?
0: Because i played the other Star Ocean games before, and I said to myself, Well, that's right, Star Ocean came out on the Super Famicom, and I kind of want to take a look at the beginning of it all, not knowing that the play, uh, the PSP game was actually a remake of this game, and I already mm-hmm. played that. So, uh, it's really interesting to also compare those two versions.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have not played the remake. Uh, this is a game that I always had. I'm pretty bad at this. This is a game, one of several games I have that you have my backlog of games I've been wanting to check out and just never gotten around to playing it. Because um, if this game come out back when was you this game had come out back when, it was, you know, out back when it was released, I would have probably beaten the game three or four times since then. Because you know 20 years ago I had time to sit down to sit down and invest the. 20, 30, 40 hours to, to, to crunch through a Japanese style RPG. And nowadays that's pretty difficult. you difficult. Yes. So, but they, um,
0: you won't talk about
1: backlogs. <laughs> Don't ask me. Yeah. I think both of us are pretty guilty of that, but yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> um... So there is a lot we could talk about here, as far as history, just for history, history development of this game goes. Again, because it's a Japanese RPG, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot that's been written, 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 and covered on this game. So I would try to at least, like, do of this podcast and try to keep it. About the same length as our, as our other regular episodes. We'll try to hit the, you know, the important points. And I'll beg your indulgence. Just like we don't cover every small fascinating fascinating detail. Like about this game. So. Star Ocean has a pretty interesting history. Um, it was. Uh, like it was developed. by It was developed like I said. By a small Japanese company called triace Which was themselves like pretty new. Uh, a lot of these people who formed the company. Uh, had. Had. Had been employed by Namco, uh, and they had recently been, um, and they'd recently had been working they had been working on another game um, that's also that's, that's also well known by this time period, uh, Tales of Phantasia. Oh. Uh, but there were some dis- but there were some disagreements uh, with the staff. Uh, the main development of Tales was done by. She was done by a group of groups at Namco called Wolf Team. And there were some disagreements uh, between them and Namco over how the game was turning out. Which led to the game uh, finally coming out, but not coming out in the way that they had originally envisioned it to. Um, so, as a result, most people from there left, left Namco and formed their own company and they wanted to make their own role-playing game more in line with the vision that they had in mind for it. And one of the things they wanted to do was they wanted to differentiate this game between other to, 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 between other role-playing games out of the time period. And one key way that they wanted to do that was they felt that the role-playing market at the time they felt was too focused upon fantasy-based games. There really had not been too many games that had taken a more sci-fi uh, uh, slant to them. Uh, the Fantasy Star series, I think, being the one sole big exception to that. So the developers were inspired very... Uh, to. to so the developers were inspired by that. They also were inspired very heavily by Star Trek. Uh, which, being a Star Trek fan, I just realized, playing this game the first time, wow, there really is there, you know, there really is a lot of Star Trek influence in here. Um, just like, you know, the story and technology, and the technology and the characters and that kind of stuff. So Yeah,
0: I actually, you know what, you bring that up, and I'm kind of a new Star Trek fan now. I, I kind of started watching uh, Next Generation,
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I can totally see what you're saying.
1: Yeah. So, um, Plex, I went about making this game. Uh, they were able to get some... Uh, they are able to get some financial support and development from Enix. Uh, which was one of the bigger Japanese, Japanese role-playing companies, uh, the time period. Uh, having the Dragon Warrior series, known as Dragon Quest, in Japan, like under their belt, like some other games. Um... And the game developed along pretty, like pretty smoothly, despite the fact that the team, for being their first game, this game is hugely ambitious because these guys wanted to make a game that had a totally different particular combat system. They wanted to make a game that had branching paths and multiple endings. They wanted to have a game that would really have a very good soundtrack and a lot of character to, to, to character development and whatnot. And mo- and, and, most, and most of the team was experienced, like, experience, like I said, they had worked for Namco uh, making Tales and, and some other games. But for them trying to put together a game of this size and scope for their first project is very interesting and very ambitious. Uh, I'm really surprised at how well playing this game, just how well that it turned out because I think it was just the, you know, the experience of the staff that really led to the team uh, being able to come together and, 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 and you can pull this game off from what I've read online, like in their interviews and whatnot, pretty closely, pretty closely, pretty closely, pretty closely in mind what they had for it. So, um, so, because of that, this game was huge. Uh, this, and this entails, actually, enough, uh, have the distinction of being tied for the biggest, the biggest, the biggest, the biggest Famicom games they ever made. Uh, clocking in at a uh, by then, um, you know that time period a really like a really a really like amazing size, um, of 42 megabits, uh, which was just like I said like just like I I I'm sorry I'm sorry 48 megabits, uh, which make this game massive, and, and that size was, that size was one of the main reasons that this game never came out to, to, to like in the states. Uh, even though they get previewed uh, previewed an issue uh, to, to fight the power and enix had originally planned to uh, translate the game at, uh like bring it over to the west because um you may not know this directly george but i uh, george you, but i did directly remember this having grown up and being a gamer during this time period it was kind of um uh, uh role playing games in particular for any system at the console system at that time period, were always more expensive than regular games. Mostly because of the fact that the card sizes were bigger because they are they were bigger because they are role playing games. They had to have the size for the for like all the text and and everything else on it. Yeah. So, so
0: I grew up in PlayStation, PlayStation 2 era. So right. everything was all the same price.
1: Well, CDs were cheaper to make. Also, I think that's uh, um you know, like you didn't see. Like I remember, like I remember Final Fantasy VI paying like, uh, uh, Final Fantasy VI paying like seventy bucks for it. I remember showing it right. uh, uh, I remember showing eighty bucks for the, the to Final Fantasy IV, and because of the size of this cart, 70-80 bucks was what they are estimating, um, was, was the game's going to cost to come out here in the states? Right. And
0: let I, me let me add a correction quickly. I'm sorry. Like when I was old enough to to understand all that, I was it was very very late PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Early PlayStation Two and PlayStation Two was uh, the defining point where everything was right. uh, priced the same at like uh, fifty dollars.
1: Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. So that was a big reason the game never got ported, um, just because of that, you know, like sheer cost, um, and also the fact that 1996 was kind of getting late in the Super NES lifespan. There were still some good games, good good games coming off the system, and would come out um, like like pretty soon. But you know, like. People starting to just think of the system as having been, you as having days like it hadn't passed, uh, especially for like a, a large, ambitious, huge role-playing game like this, and the and the market in the United States, even though it wasn't quite, even though it was good, was nowhere near as near as big for a role-playing game like it was in Japan. But perhaps the biggest reason was that the fact that ENIX had shut down their U.S. operations by this point. Um, the company simply had not done very well in the games they the, the games they chosen to port and release, and release in the West, and they were losing money pretty badly. And they decided to shut down the U.S. operations. So, uh, Trys could have tried to find somebody else to to, to 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 publish the game in the West, but again, for those, uh, but again, for the other reasons I already mentioned, uh, they were they either didn't try or were unsuccessful. Uh, the uh, um, uh, uh, the history online is kind of hazy. Uh, as which one it is so there's so those are the reasons why this game never came out in the West um, so uh, most people probably if you're a role-playing fan you probably have played uh, played, uh, have played one of the later games like in the series uh, there have been total of a um, um, uh, five of five original games and two remakes uh, all together in the series uh, since uh, you, 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 since then, and, and, yeah, and every other game, with the exception of one has gotten a, has gotten a Western release. So, um, just in case you're not familiar familiar with the franchise, though, what what makes Star Ocean really unique besides these besides the whole futuristic sci-fi setting it of it um, is the like it's pretty unique, especially at the time when it came out. Uh, combat system that the game utilizes it uh, utilizes like it's a real time system as opposed to the turn-based that was on the rage of the time period Dragon Warrior Final Fantasy etc. Right and um, it's
0: it's somewhat kind of like the, the first game is kind of like uh, action mm-hmm. based in a way and then the newer
1: ones um, are actually like basically action RPGs. Right. Um, so you know, I played the second game playing the series, the second, the uh, uh, Star the second story, uh, when it came out, and loved it. I thought it was a great game, um, and I was surprised playing this game how similar to that game that this one is. I mean, a lot of the same core mechanics and elements are in place, especially with the combat system. Because I really didn't think the Super NES was powerful enough to be able to pull off the combat system, the combat system as well as it did, but it does. Um, and, and it's
0: do, awesome to see that.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's a couple glitches. I think the fact that you can tell the process is being pushed to, 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 to Processes are you know, being pushed to be pushed limits uh, Despite the large uh, memory the, the memory size of the cart has it's a little bit sluggish. It's not quite as smooth as the ps2 uh, uh, versions are I thought Did you have any um, uh, Difficulty trying to handle the battle system George
0: Not really hmm
1: yeah, you no, know, I had problems where like, you know, kind of like, you know, which character do I have under control or, or, or why is it like doing, doing what I am to do? Like, you know, I, I'm, you know, showing the AI was not as good in this game as I thought as, as I thought to do in later games. Yeah, the AI is a little iffy. Yeah, the AI is pretty good in the PS2 games because the fact that, you know, that they, uh, because, because, of course, you only control one character directly yourself. Right. Uh, you can't switch between characters um, like a will. And you bot. can also you can also
0: give them tactics to follow yes. as well, right? Uh, which which I always like. So, um, I'm 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 really someone where uh, if you say, "Oh, you can customize the tactics," like I'm I'm right there because like, <laughs> I want it to be like this and this and this. I want you to do this. Maybe I'm a control freak. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: hmm. uh, well, yeah, I think that. I like the combat system the Star Wars games use for the most part. Uh, I think the real time the, the, the real time element uh, keeps the battles interesting and it keeps you engaged. Right. Uh because to be exposed to like a turn based system. Uh we're just basically two to to two, two lines of people hacking uh hacking at one another uh, back and forth. Um, this keeps you very um it, it's very fast paced to keep you on your toes because you're trying to make sure that everybody stays alive and uh, you you do, do, do. like that's what you want, to, you want them to. But it's also. Uh, you, you, but it could also be very confusing and you know, hard control at times. Um, so I kind of wish sometimes I kind of had more direct control of what was going on. You, 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 for me, at least, it's definitely, you're definitely a mixed bag. Yeah. Um. So, uh, also, so like so, also the story and characters and characters, items and whatnot. Like I said before, have a very futuristic bend to them. Also, uh, like keeping with the theme, uh, like the game, um, the story of the game, I, th- I, I thought is quite good. It's very, it's very mature of a time period. I thought. I mean, uh, um, I think as far as I think as far as Japanese RPG stories, this one's a little bit ahead of Final Fantasy games as far as like you know, they like being catered more toward like an adult audience. Um, you know, there are definitely some very, the storytelling's very good. I thought the characters, the characters, the the characters, the characters are pretty well fleshed out. Um, it's not the best Japanese RPG of the 90s, but I thought, um, but the story definitely like is very interesting, like very unique.
0: I, I have to agree. I kind of, you know, it's one of those things where it's pretty original for the time. So, you know, um. You know, around that time, how many stories did you see where this is a planet that is, um, at this point, kind of like medieval times for mm-hmm. us? Right. And uh, they come across this ship in a crash that crashed, that's, you know, basically from many, many years of. Uh, um, uh, I can't think of the word now. A lot of technical advantages and whatnot.
1: Mm-hmm. Right right so um, there is a total of 10 characters like in the game uh, like only 8 can be recruited to like, do like one playthrough however um, so, like in order to be able to get the other characters you have to like play the game again um, and the remake adds additional characters like to the game as well
0: a bunch of additional characters
1: yes and so, they're, uh,
0: and like you have to do specific things to get them
1: but you can only have uh, what is it George 5 people in your party like at once uh, I believe actually... it's 4 4 people ok yeah, yeah but um so um yeah so um uh so Which uh,
0: I I not to not to cut you off again. No
1: nope. nope, that's fine. I go
0: ahead. I need to I need to talk about this. They need to start increasing the size of parties because I'm tired of seeing small parties. <laughs> we now have we have the technology to be able to hold bigger parties in RPGs. We need that. The numbers can go bigger. The just everything. Stop stop 3 or 4 or whatever. Like, start making big parties. Start making huge RPGs where you can have, like, you know, six to ten people in a party or something. I would re-
1: really love to see that. I think they probably won't because of the fact that the trend these days is like to do, like, a more of a real-time combat system. Um, and trying to manage that many characters at once could be, like, pretty difficult.
0: I it's, I don't know. With the, the technology we have now,
1: I think it's very possible. I, I guess, maybe, but, um, Yeah. No, I mean, like, you know, it doesn't really bother me all that much because, like, you know... No, it, it
0: doesn't bother me either. I'm just saying that, you know... Especially a game like this. Where we
1: actually, like, we're, do, 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 we're actually trying to... You know, we're actually trying to keep an eye out, like, on everything going on at once. Uh, trying, yeah. to, you know, trying to... You are trying to manage more than, like, four characters. If your characters... You'll be, like, you know, pulling hair off frustration. But, um... So, most of the combat... Like, most of the combat mechanics are pretty standard to RPGs. You have, like, you know, SPs. You know, which pressure points. Um what you can use to customize your abilities. You the hit points and uh, and uh, mental points, MPs, like in this game. Uh, if you use it for combat. There's tactics you can assign, like George said. Um, there's also the private action game mechanic in this game which is used for character development. It's really interesting, I thought. I, I can't remember... Um, I, I knew about this in like, Star Wars games, of course. That it, but I didn't realize I didn't realize that that was a thing, like in this first game, too.
0: Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And also, uh, this mechanic has been moved on to other games as well. Like um, yeah. they do it in the Tales of games and yeah. stuff like that. And I, re- I really like it because it's like you know, it's in a side to help you learn about the characters and everything. Mm-hmm. It, and it's not in a way exposition where. They just tell you straight out, like, oh, this, this, and this. Or, you know, they have something that happened in the story. No, like, you go and, like, oh, okay, let's rest at this town. And now, oh, this guy's at the bar. She's over there in the stores or whatever. And you just go and talk to them. And, and you just get to learn about them. Mm. And it's really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, indeed. I think, like, you know... Final Fantasy games would eventually incorporate some of this but you know yeah. I think this game is really like ahead of its time as far like, you know, as having, uh, mm-hmm. having this present yep. so um, yeah you definitely can tell that this game pushes pushes the hardware to there, its like, limits because like you know it's so uh, like you know the combat system like in all the dialogue there's so much dialogue in this game there's a lot um, to this game there's voices in the game too um, yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, Super NES games had voices. had voices, of course, but there's, but there's a lot of voices in this game more than I expected.
0: Right. So we had a conversation about this before we start recording, mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, the little intro sequence that they have is actually voiced in English, and I that blew my mind. Um, we we obviously have to play fan translations because neither of us know Japanese. Right, but uh, I thought maybe that was a little thing they might have added or something. No, I, they had English voice acting in the in the first, I guess, cutscene you want to call it, and I was very surprised. Um, on top of that, when you say voice acting, uh, the voice acting in the game is a lot of when you attack, they make noises, and when when the battle's finished, they uh, they say a few lines or something. Um, it's still in Japanese, so I have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they—they, they, you know, in the in, in the remake, they they do that too, right? Uh, and I thought in the remake they just added that, but apparently that's a feature in the base game, and that's really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it- Yep. So, like George said, uh, he's been playing the remake, uh, which I didn't know the remake actually existed. Actually, um, you know, bad me. But I didn't know.
0: Uh, it, I didn't know <laughs> it was a remake. I said, yeah. "Oh, Greg, I'm playing this this PSP Star Ocean game," and then you told me, "Oh, wait, that's a remake of of the original." Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I I did play a decent amount of the original
1: game, and there's... Yeah, so did I. ...some differences. Right. Um, yeah, so, the remake's called Star Ocean First Departure. It came yes. out in the PSP in uh, uh, 2008. Um, George, since you are the uh, Since you're the one of us two who played this, do you want to talk about some of the differences? Sure. Um,
0: well, first off, the, the things I can think of, um, when you go into battles, or actually before that, um, there's a huge world map, and... Uh, you're just you're just running through it it's not like uh, you load specific areas and you're you're running through pads and you know finding treasure chests like in the world um, this is just like a typical Final Fantasy overworld that you're uh, running through and you get into random battles there and uh, when you get into the battles you're actually given a, a target immediately and uh, because the way that the, the Super Famicom game plays, you when you have your character selected you press a button to attack and then you you're able to select an enemy to fight uh, the way that this works is you are automatically given a target and when you press the button you will automatically attack so it, it it makes it more of an action RPG in the sense of you don't really need to choose your target it's something something's automatically your target um, let's see what's different well uh, some some of the layouts different too like uh, things like the mountain and just like general areas like the town that you start in is a little bit different. Um, and it's more zoomed out. The uh, The areas that you're in, the camera is zoomed out more so you could see more of the area compared to the Super Famicom version. And that's understandable because, you know, I'm not going to render all that stuff. That's a little crazy. But uh, character design is also changed as well. Um, right. I'm not sure how accurate the fan translation names are. I know some of the names are names that I've seen in the remake. But uh, the main character's name, what was it, Radix? Yes. Something like that? Yeah. I think they changed that to Roderick in the remake. And uh, he has blue hair now. I think he has blue hair maybe in the Super fan, Or maybe it's black. It's uh, it's something like that. It's like a shade. It's you know, It's one of those colors where it's like... If you say it's blue, it looks like it's blue. If you say it's black, it looks like it's black, but you can't fully tell. At least at least I have that problem. But, um, you know, like, he has a blue head of hair, and, you yeah. know, the, the characters have changed. Like, Millie's right. name is spelled differently, and she actually has, uh, like, pink hair, um, stuff like that. Right.
1: There's also, like, new characters I've already mentioned. Yes. Um, there's also, uh, like, all... Uh, uh, the game's given totally, like, totally brand new and complete voice acting. Um, and it's also like some new like animation like artwork that D.U.O. Uh, is, like, is also included. Yes. Um, as a side note, I didn't know this. Um, uh, one of the characters that you can have in your party, uh, Ronix, uh, you play a son uh, in the second game in the series, Star Ocean Second Story.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Ronix is the captain of that crashed ship, or right? Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. He's yep. So or he's not the, the father... crash ship. The uh, the ship that comes down to take a look at the crash. Exactly. Ship right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. No, he's the father of Claude, who's the main character in Star Ocean Second Story. So
0: uh, I, I don't, I, I, haven't played that game.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, um, so yeah, by all accounts, remake sounds very good. A lot of those changes that you mentioned that you mentioned are things you're you doing things that you're you definitely you do definitely things are definitely things I would say were kind of a weakness uh, like the game but it's also the fact I recognize that when this game came out this game was very like you know like you're uh, ahead of its time and like oh, you know yeah. things we have things are you know things we're used to now in games are totally different than what the norm was like 20 years ago so I can't think of a um,
0: game that has the, like anything similar to the skill system in this game because uh the skill system is really awesome.
1: Well, the well, the Mana series, I think, also that you also has a very uh, complex, the in-depth skill system. But you're right, outside of that the, game series, I, I think this one's like very good.
0: Yeah, so. um, what I really like is you 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 go out and um, you you have to buy like uh, books or something like that, and it yep. gives you yeah. skills. Right. And when you uh, win battles, you get skill points from defeating enemies and some of these things are like very straightforward where oh put in this and it'll like increase your defense and whatnot and then there's other things like skills like fishing and cooking and and um it's it's so interesting because you put into something like cooking and not only will it like increase um increase the skill of like how you put ingredients together and whatnot together to actually make something to eat but like Actually, it'll increase, like, dexterity or, or speed or something like that. And uh, I thought that was also, I thought that was pretty interesting. A lot of these skills are not necessary to use to get through the game, but uh, they can help.
1: They sure help. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, right. Um, yeah, so um, I think the only, um, um, and, 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 you know, like, one of the, the only other weakness I'd say this game has outside of the you know, outside of the fact of being a bit dated in, in some aspects and pushing the and you know, pushing the hardware probably a little bit past what it was designed to do, um, is the boss battles that I thought were like, you know, like very easy. Um, which which, which, which is something the developers themselves acknowledged acknowledged which, you, you, you made sure that in the, the later games of the series the boss battles like are made much uh, much tougher. Almost too tough, I think, in some cases. They kind of yeah. like, they kind of like, you know, they kind of like, you know, they kind of like going to extremes with, like, the, the later games making, trying to, trying to counteract that, um, you know, that, uh, you know, that weakness.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't but, know what uh, else to add on to that. Um, what do you think about the graphics? Um, They look
0: good. Uh, the, the environments, the environments look great. The characters—I mean, how much can you do with a character? They—it reminds me of Final Fantasy, to be honest. Um, but it—it it still looks good. There's def- theres enough definition. I—I um, I, I just have to say that the world—the world looks really good, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, you definitely could tell just, you're, you're, you're just how much data, I uh, and stuff is crammed into the cart. I mean, like you know the yeah. fact this, the, the fact this game is late in the Super NES lifespan helps. I think because the fact that I don't think they think they could pull this game off like you know early on, during uh, early, early on its lifespan. Right. Everybody um, knows the tricks and everything about right. the Super NES. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think this probably. I wouldn't call it the most impressive graphical, graphical Super NES game, but... No, but it's up there. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Uh, Mode 7's used very well, I thought. Uh, yes. Definitely some very nice... Yeah, like, uh, 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 definitely some very good Mode 7 effects that don't look terrible today, actually, compared to like, most Mode 7 effects. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, that was impressive. Um, the soundtrack, I thought, was very good. Um has a very different feel to it, I thought, than the uh you, 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 you say the um say shoot for example like the Final Fantasy you Dragon Warrior series. Um, definitely um, I um, I think it has kind of like a a, a high fantasy slash sci fi orchestra feel to it almost.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm not sure if you thought about it the same way but
0: <laughs> No 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 I can, I can see, I can see that Um I'm kind of drawing a blank because I'm so used to the uh, remakes music mm. which is is it's somewhat similar to the games but it's also what kind of like remixed in a way if if that um,
1: makes sense I didn't realize they changed it that much
0: It's uh, like yes or no like it's it's it sounds similar but it, it it's made up of actual I don't know how to explain it. Like mm. it it's it's like still the bass song, but they kinda like added onto it and and whatnot. And it's it's clearer because it's what, what is it called? Redbook audio? I think yeah. we talked about this before and I we didn't did. know what the Yeah, I don't know what 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 it's called. <laughs> I think it's called Red Book Audio. Mm. You know, whereas the SNES is actually generating the music.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, uh, yeah, so, um, this game was very popular when it got released in Japan, obviously, like, for a number of reasons. Um, it sold, to, 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 sold 200- 235,000 copies, wow. uh, like, in Japan, which is, yeah, it was quite good for, like, a role playing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even in the land of the rising sun, where the, the people are, like, are, you, 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 um but uh, um and uh and because of that because of that because that this is one of the first games that was translated. Uh I believe the original the original translation of this game originally came out back around the like two thousand. Uh back when I emulation. Think that's the date, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, back when emulation was uh, emulation um early emulators had a problem playing this game because of all the, because of all the tricks because of all the tricks and tricks and tactics that use. Oh. So it took a while to get the emulation, of, the emulation of, like this game, like down right. But as soon as they could, they did a translation of it, and that translation has pretty much been unchanged since then. Um, there's been a few small touch-ups to improve a couple bugs and to a, um slight weird differences here and there. But from what I understand, uh, the version, the translated translated ROM version that they that you and I played is essentially the same one that was released back in two thousand.
0: I could I could imagine some some guys sitting. When is that Star Ocean ROM gonna finally work on my SNES emulator? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I mean, like you know, well, the game used a special mapper and, and you know, forty megabits and just like you know, other things yeah. going on with it. So it's like you know, yeah, this game was a challenge yeah. uh, to be able to, to be able to pull off to pull off correctly. So um, for being a fan of translation, I thought the translation was very good. I mean, like I mean, like the, like we were saying earlier, maybe some of the names weren't translated right. Uh, compared to what's been officially established as canon, like in the remake. But then again, you have to remember these guys were operating under, under before the remake came out. They're, you know, they're trying to, you, you're, like, they're trying to, they're trying to figure out how best to translate, to translate names to a different language, which is always, you know, which is always a challenge, regardless of what language they're doing it for. Or it might so, be that
0: thing of they might have translated it exactly or close to exactly, but mm, then. Yeah. It was a localization decision right. from the team that actually did the remake that uh, translated the game into English, saying, oh, we should just change. Because, you know, if they've, they've done that with Final Fantasies in the past. Final
1: Fantasy games, Dragon Warrior games, mm-hmm. they've all had that, I mean, like Crow Trigger, um, they had done, they had mm-hmm. done also. So, yes. uh, Flexia, yeah, very, Flex, yeah, very, very common. Yes. So, um, so because this game sold so well, uh, it did spark off a series. Uh, we've already talked a little bit about that uh, the next game in the series came out with Star Wars and Second Story uh, which came out with a PS2 um, um, uh, like a 2000 2000- I'm sorry uh, sorry, there ne- than that, 1998 uh, for Japan, 99 North America and 2000 like in Europe
0: so you mean it came um, out for the Playstation, not the
1: Playstation 2 yeah sorry, Playstation that's alright uh, so, I'm getting ahead because this game's appear on a lot of platforms.
0: Yeah, because then the one after that was PS2, and that was. What was that, Till the End of Time?
1: Till the End of Time, yep. That yep, that was PS2, 2003. That's uh, a cool 2000, game. Uh, 2004 came out in North America. Yeah, I only I played that one briefly. Second Story is the one that actually. I feel like it's the one I played the most of.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to <clears> have <throat> to play that eventually. Well, Second Story also got a remake.
1: Um, oh, so. Yep. Yeah. So what is that game?s um, I believe that was also for the PS. The P, do, 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 I believe that was also like the PSP. Um, oh, okay. I did not write that down. How I will not go
0: take a look at that then.
1: I wasn't because I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I just surprised you. Right. Um, the only game in the series not to come out yet in the states was Star Ocean Blue Sphere. Uh, which was a direct sequel to second story. That was released, you know, that was released only for the Game Boy Color um, you, you know, oh. back in 2001. Uh, they had they had planned to bring the game over to the States like on the GBA but that never uh, happened.
0: I wonder if there's a translation for that now. I don't think so. I didn't oh. see one when I
1: was looking around for it. Oh, that's
0: a shame. I'm really interested so, in looking at that.
1: So, um... So the next game in the series was Star Ocean: Last Hope, which came out for the Xbox 360 uh, due back 2009. That wasn't the uh, PS3, huh? PS3 came out the following year. Oh, that's okay. So yeah,
0: I have the 360 version of that.
1: Yeah, it was originally it was originally exclusive exclusive for the Xbox 360. Like, when, I was, yeah, um, like when that you know, ran out, um, that's when they ported over to PS3. So. Yeah, they do done know with a few games Right And the newest game in the series just came out recently um, the, really, the really weird Tongue twisting name of Star Ocean <laughs> t- 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 <laughs> Star Ocean Star Ocean like Integrity and Faithlessness Which I have And is a good <laughs> game Yes uh, Yep, uh, came out uh, Came out in 2015 in Japan And 2016 d- 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 in the West Uh, uh, You're available available both for the PS3 and the PS4. So, um, and there was also like a Magna, uh, um, uh, you're a producer of the series like in Japan as well. So, Star Ocean's definitely been a very popular series. Square Enix, of course, is the one making the games now since Enix uh, merged in Square a Mm -hmm. a while back. But, uh, yeah, the series, the series, the series has done very well, and I expect you know, very well. And I expect there'll be other games in the series coming out. And having played, having played at least a little bit, a little bit of most of the games in the series, it was very interesting to go back to its roots and see, wow, there really is a lot in the first game that's pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, but, but you know, um, you don't see that a lot with first games in the series because you know there may be some. of this... Um, you know, like Final Fantasy or Zelda or Mario, you may see some of the same mechanics just still sticking around. But to see how much of the original game is still present even the newest game, it was really surprising.
0: So I've, I, I, I'm wondering this. This is 2016. Um, Star Ocean hasn't had that many games, but I'm trying to figure out which one hasn't aged that well. Like just just with like new games coming out, basically, like um, if. Final Fantasy games aren't that good or Star Ocean games aren't that good and I have not gotten the new Final Fantasy yet because there is a new one but I really want to make a comparison in which see which one is like you should kind of stop doing it and which one is like yeah it's still it's still got time on it
1: right yeah oh yeah for sure um yeah, I think, like I said earlier, the only the, really the major really the major things about this game that have not the the, the the major things about this game that have not aged very well are not really the fault of the game itself. You're just like more of a, um, a fact that games have changed, and um, the um, and it was because of that that the remake got very mixed reviews that when it came out because a lot of people were saying, well, this game rips really those dated. um, you know. Um, they didn't find the game to be as you know, as fun as you know, as fun as like you know current games of series. It's like, well, of course it's dated it an old game. It, the but... thing
0: is, they they upgraded the game to play more more like a modern game than like the original
1: game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So, but still, you can still tell, but you can tell at its core. This is an old okay. game. Yes. So, yeah. So, But yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the remake got very like you know like mixed up. like you know like mixed, a, um, like a mixed comments because of that. Um, if you want to play the game, remake versus versus original, that's that's a tough choice. I think that kind of, I think that kind of depends upon your preferences because um, you know the original because you can very easily get the ROM and then translate a patch to play it by emulation. Well, you There's don't even be- have
0: to patch it. There's actually yeah. a ROM literally out there that's translated because I think this was before the whole thing of you need to create a patch because it's more, like, legal or whatever. Like, because right. this was early 2000s that this ROM came out. I, I, you know, and it's been thrown out everywhere across the internet. Um, right. You know, when you put it out on the internet, it's basically impossible to get rid of. Um, but uh, I think, you know, this, this was before the whole thing of you need to actually need a, make a patch for it because right. it's not legal or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, show. it's
1: not... Well, I mean... So it's, an actual, it's gl- actually gl- just gl- a translation ROM. Yes. Which is interesting.
0: But, um, yeah, I mean, on top of that, you can also get a PSP emulator right. and and play the, the remake. So, um... It's a, it's a, it's a tough one. Like, you know, Yeah. what I would personally do is go out and play the original version, but, uh, you know, if you're interested in the modern version, the modern version has, right. has more content to it and it's more, uh, the game plays a little more streamlined.
1: Yes. And if you're a purist who doesn't want to do emulation, uh, there are available some very nice looking repros like available on available like online too. Ooh. Uh, we'll, uh, like we'll talk about that when we get to our eBay pricing, but yeah. Very, very, very professional-looking labels. Uh, Making look like exactly like, like how the game probably would like would have looked had it gotten a U.S. release.
0: Reproductions are getting pretty good now.
1: Yes, that's so, awesome to see. But um, yeah, it's a tough call. The remake has a lot of things that make the game play easier for sure. It, it certainly, um, it certainly has, certainly has, certainly has like more modern conveniences and things to help you out. Right. Also um, has
0: you know like voice acting for cutscenes. Right. And, yeah. And, uh, stuff um,
1: like that. So I would probably say if you're a big Star Ocean fan, uh, stick to the original, um, but you'll probably get like more enjoyment out of it that way. Um, if you're new to the series or just, just simply don't want to um, deal with some of the hassle of older games, like you're like you're young like George is here, um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, um, didn't grow up during the time period and was like tough games were expected or whatnot, um, then um, in those cases, yeah, I'd go with the remake.
0: Hey, the remake's um, still pretty tough. Yeah. It's no cakewalk. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, you, that's pretty well put, you know, for, for, um, someone who wants to go and see its roots, or someone, someone who's new to these kinds of games, or just Star Ocean in general, yeah, right. maybe, maybe go check the
1: remake out. So, I already touched upon what I thought was the only weaknesses this game had, which I thought, you all together, it's a very fun game, um, I do plan to finish the game now I started playing it, um... But um, you know the combat system, I think, can be a little bit uh, confusing and sluggish. Uh, yes. The the the, bo- the bosses, the bosses, I think, are, are somewhat easy. Um, it can be a bit confusing trying to figure out uh, what items, what, what, what items and what items and what combinations are are needed to be able to do what. Um, but yeah, so besides those points, is there anything about the game that you've kind of felt was you you you, 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 you kind of felt was a bit you a bit on the weak side?
0: the uh exp- exploration is not straightforward um i found myself
1: yeah it's I true. found
0: my, yeah i found myself stuck in an area for a little bit uh, a few times where it's like you know when you when you see a map and there's a line going from south to north and you have to go north you kind of think that you have to go north but no sometimes you have to go like east or west and then it continues north and that's um, like that's not the problem. The problem is some of the pads are, are, are kind of hidden, or you'll you might pass them by easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'll find yourself basically getting into a lot of battles trying to figure out how to get to your destination.
1: I don't see a problem with like pulling up maps in this game like you need to, because you know maps yeah. certainly make really things you a lot easier. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, and you don't want to. Um, I thought the. Um, I also think this game is a little bit. There's a little bit of grinding you have to do in this game. But the grinding in this game is not as bad as you know other typical RPGs of this time period. I mean, it's yet. a
0: Japanese RPG. Yeah, when, yeah. You know, when I hear that it's a Japanese RPG, I feel like I have to grind. But you know, uh, the way that I am, I grind anyway. So. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think the grinding in this game is probably a little bit worse than Final Fantasy games, but not really that bad. I mean, I mean, certainly, I mean, certainly, certainly, certainly not as bad as Dragon Warrior games. It's fa- It's
0: faster, I feel. It, it, it,
1: well well, that's that that's one of the reasons the developers wouldn't for real time to a real time combat system, like for the for battles, because they yeah. wouldn't speed it up. Mm-hmm. And for the most part it worked. I, I mean like my frustrations with the combat system aside, most most battles most battles you're in and out of in about like thirty seconds, I think. But um Yeah. Yeah. Like a maybe a minute, um, you know, like having everybody just being conservative and don't want to use any magic uh, magic effect skills or whatnot yeah
0: I, so. I was very happy to learn that when they automatically set Millie to do uh, stay back and do healing I was like okay that's you're perfect you're doing a great job because that that's what I want I want somebody <laughs> staying back and healing because if I screw myself over like I don't I don't want to die right. You know I, I want to get like a second chance of uh,
1: yeah yeah, so um, all in all, uh, this game is very impressive. I, I, you know, I kind of wish I hadn't like waited so long to play it because, like I said, you know, I am a fan of the series. I certainly did love uh, Second Story. You know, I haven't, um, you know, I haven't, I, you know, I haven't beat any of the other games in the series. Even though I, did, even though I did play some of them, just mostly because of time concerns. But um, this is, yeah, this is a very really great game to, to keep the series off. I certainly can see why it was so popular in Japan it's real oh, game yes. didn't come over in the states. Um, yeah. you now, at least now play at least now you know at least now we have it available to us in three different formats so
0: right and that's really cool um, I'm gonna go finish the remake because I am much further in that than I am the super Famicom uh, right yeah
1: version. so. Um, yeah, I think overall this is a pretty good. I, I, I think overall this is a pretty good beginner's RPG because, like I said, it's challenging in parts, but I think overall the, the overall the overall difficulty the overall the overall, the overall difficulty of this game is not that tough. So the combination of that and the streamlined fast combat system combined with the very interesting sci-fi based story, which is pretty unique for role-playing games, mm. um, I think that all works together in the game's favor to in the favor to make this game a very highly recommended. A uh, game for somebody, if you have the patience for old-style RPGs. I understand. I, I fully understand. I fully understand. I understand that. Not, understand that not everybody d- 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 do, does these days. But if you have a, but if have any kind of tolerance for any kind of any for any kind of role-playing game, I, I think this game. I think this game is probably was probably one of the best in this time period, and definitely, for the, definitely for this hardware. Yeah. So, you have any final thoughts to add on to what I just said,
0: George? Uh, it's it's good game. <laughs> uh,
1: play it. Um, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, there is a glitch. Uh, your know, glitch. Uh, your know, glitch that's in the original Super NES uh, version of the game. Um, it allows you to make your characters invincible. Um, it's pretty comp. Um, it's a pretty complex glitch so, uh, uh, so I won't go into the whole process here uh, you, you can find it online if you want to um, there's also there's also available in the game and I have no idea the remake has this or not uh, there are two Easter eggs in the game where you can access uh, secret hidden areas after the game has been beat uh, the Oracle room uh, um, and the seven star ruin I have no idea yeah so um,
0: um, yeah no uh, just 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 uh little bit in for uh bugs and glitches are something that will happen in big games like rpgs so mm-hmm. yeah it's very hard it's very hard to to find every single little thing and, and squash it
1: plus the process to make your characters invincible is kind of like specific you have to do like you have to do a specific a series a series of events that have a certain like you know like certain uh you also have the. Um. You also have, have You also have to have the appropriate instruments, like to join hand, also. So. Right. It's
0: probably a lot about manipulating integers. Like, um, there. Oh, I don't even know how these people figure it out. But uh, you know, I, there's a lot you can do if you can manipulate mm-hmm. integers the right way. Right. Oh man. People. People are insane. Um, there are people who literally go out there and try to figure figure out bugs and glitches and. It's crazy like um to this day people are still finding um bugs and glitches for uh, for uh paper mario on the n64 (laughs) like um there's actually if you're playing through like virtual console or something you can actually beat the game in about a minute huh it's the weirdest thing um you can't do it on n64 hardware yeah, um, so it's not good for speed running because speed running has to usually count for, like, mm-hmm, actual hardware. Right. Exactly. But uh, it's really interesting. Like, like about I think it was like about a week ago or something. Somebody figured out how to screw around with the game and beat it in like a minute. So <laughs> there, there are people out there playing around with numbers.
1: There's also a glitch and I think it's I think it's I think it's like Super Mario, <laughs> Super Mario, Two Brothers Three that allows you pretty much you 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 allows you pretty much. You would know, do the same thing. So. Um, yeah, some very interesting stuff out there. The yeah. game for games for sure. So EBA pricing, as I said before, this game was not available officially in the West, but I did mention before that there are some very professional looking repro- your know, repros available, like available out there. Um, I took a look both at both at repro available for sale and also like and also to compare the pricing. I also took a look at official Japanese to Japanese carts that are being sold by I sold by sellers already located here, um, in, you're already located here in North America. So, like, you know, like, you don't have to worry about the hassle of trying to, like import the game from Japan or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, and the pricing was actually pretty comparable, uh, across the board, across the board between them. Uh, whether you want an original, original Japanese cart, um, or a repro, it, it's gonna cost you about the same amount of money. Uh, which I found surprising, but, um... There is kind of a wide difference between between the pricing. That's to be expected, I think, because of course we have seen other officially released Super NES games that have kind of a wide, wide variance of pricing. Also, some people
0: get those repos and some for
1: higher. Exactly. So So I have no idea the repos are still being made. Um, um, you know, it seemed like sure there might be a website or two. It seemed like there, there, there was there were slight differences between something. side differences. To, to, between some of the labels, which just to me that more uh, would just be that more than one person or or one groups making them or having them in the past. But um, but like I said, you know, these are all like, you know, very I uh, very like but like I said before, these are all, all very, very professional looking, so um, anyway, between anyway, between original original cards available here in the West and uh, Repros, 14 copies are currently listed on eBay. they through 32 recently sold. Uh, you can have a card this game for anywhere from thirteen dollars 50 like up four dollars and to eight dollars and fifty cents. Hmm. And the uh, CIB pricing will run anywhere from eighty nine bucks to dollars. Uh, like up to like one hundred thirteen dollars.
0: For for the original game? Yes. I think I would pay maximum thirty. Mm. Um but uh that's not too bad. Finding no, like really. twelve something like 12 bucks to about 40 that's that's not bad Um, I've seen repros go for a lot more and then there are those people who are very scummy and they buy repros and then they try to sell it as if it's the real thing right that's that's a shame we could probably talk for hours about crappy people and repros and pricing on games and stuff
1: yeah yeah exactly i mean like you know but yeah but yeah repos, repos are going to be I, I expect repos to be a little, little bit more expensive than the original carts because of the hassle like, because of the hassle like because of the fact there is extra expense involved in that you have to um yeah, you actually have to get the cart make sure it has enough size clean it up put the label on um you know et cetera. Et cetera. so i you know, there's extra work involved
0: I, I guess, but I don't think it would be that much of an extra cost because the the technology out there to make these carts is not
1: is like not right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pleasure, 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 like talking about like pleasure, I talking about you know smart print runs too. So mm-hmm. yes. yes, but they, um, yeah. So um, this is. So yeah, uh, uh, you all in all, I was very sur- uh, so all in all, I was very surprised and very impressed, and I kind of wish I had like you know, waited so long to touch this game. Uh, I mean, like I said before it should have like been my list to play, but well, you're um, welcome. <laughs> um, if this had come out back, when it was supposed to, um, you, know, I would have been in college and I would have had the time to sit, you have the time to sit down and play this game. Um, you know, now it's a bit more difficult to do it, but I will find the time to finish it up eventually. Also,
0: awesome. Let me know. Right. I'll uh, probably
1: go on. I'll hop on my PSP once in a while and play. Right. Um. Yeah. So. Um. Do you have any? Do you have any closing thoughts like about the game, the series, like or whatnot, or anything else, like for our listeners? Well, not really. I mean, I can see why
0: the series is still going on to this day. You know, it's it's a it's a good game series. You know, and it's not like they had like two or three versions for every platform, you know. They just did one for Super Famicom. There was one for, um, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 slash 4. So, you know, like, they spaced it out well enough um, compared to Final Fantasy where what are we on? 15 now? Is that the one that just came out? Or is coming out? Whatever it is.
1: 15 15 should be coming out soon, yes. Yeah, which I actually want to get. Yeah, that game's been in development for a long time. Oh yeah, I think it was originally
0: something else, and then they turned <laughs> yes. it into Final
1: Fantasy. Yep, right. yeah. Uh, so.
0: not to talk about modern games.
1: Well, pretty much Final Fantasy is the only is the only Japanese RPG that should be made after like, it would be it be made here in the uh like the West because um well Tales it, of games are coming out. Yeah, well, yeah, that one too. But yeah. Japanese RPGs are a lot harder to find now than they used to be. Most people's gamers tastes taste taste switched over to Western-style ones, which which are also very good, but very good. It's not not really fair to compare them because like they're so different. Right? Yeah, totally different worlds. But you know,
0: sometimes I want to sit down and play Japanese RPG.
1: Yeah. So yeah, and this and said like before, this one's a classic. As long as you have the stomach for like an older games then, like, you know, yeah, like, it's all good. Yeah. So, but, um, anyway, um, for our next episode, we're going to be looking at another game that never got released, uh, like, in the States. Uh, this is going to be our first PAL exclusive to Ch- the Ch- 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 Super NES game. Um, George, and I, George and I were talking about wanting to do something related to cr- during the Christmas, to do the holidays coming up. So, um, I looked around, and there actually was a dedicated Christmas, a Christmas game uh, made for the Genesis and the Super NES, called Days Before Christmas. Days spelled D-A-Z-E. Haha, <laughs> very funny. <laughs> um, the Gen- Genesis version came out. To, the Genesis version came out here in the West, but the Super NES version never did. So we're going to be looking at that game uh, because it's one of the only, one of the only official released c- c- uh, commercial commercial Christmas games for any platform actually. So um, and so like so, um, I've now. Uh, neither of us neither one of us have played the game um I, I heard about it talk for as uh, a podcast before in the past and it's supposed to be very good so I'm looking forward to trying it out alright <laughs> and George is probably going to grind his teeth because of a platformer <laughs> yeah oh well but yeah uh, but um so um if you like the podcast and we hope you do otherwise why are you listening you know this far into it um, they want to send us nasty comments but be at <laughs> If you have any comments, good, bad, or neutral anyway, they can be left either on our Facebook page or you can also send me an email directly uh, to the SNES podcast at yahoo.com um, And George, where can they find you at? So like, they'd rather, they'd rather like, complain to you instead. <laughs>
0: oh boy. Well uh, if you use Twitter, you can find me on there at Mr. Chief at M-I-S-T-U-R-C-H-E-E-F and, hey, uh, well, Greg and I also do another podcast called PlayStation Power, which is not family-friendly. And I do a podcast called The Box Fort, which is not family-friendly. And on top of that, I also do a uh, podcast called Master System Masterpieces. And, uh, man, people, more people need to know about the Master System, I have to say.
1: <laughs> nah. Hey, you came on an episode... I did. There are some some great games for it, for sure. If if you
0: take a comparison of Master System and NES games, you know, same things like Double Dragon and whatnot, you know, usually you see that the Master System version is better. Not always. (laughs) Mm, NES fan. Anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's where you can find me. Cool. Um, Yep, um... And so we have some, we have some, we have some, we have we have some, we have some, other spe- j- j- special stuff planned, uh, planned for future episodes. Woo! Don't want to, don't want to tip our hand on that yet, mostly because it's still being developed as we speak. But, um, look, i look forward to that. I am. Um, uh, uh, please also check us out like on iTunes. Uh, ratings reviews on there are always, are, you're always highly appreciate it. And be a proud member of both Retro Junkies and Throwback Network. We can find other great retro, and retro gaming and non-retro gaming uh, podcasts available, to, to available for your listening pleasure. So, once again, thank you very much for joining us. As always, we appreciate your support, and have a good night, all. Good night.